0: That's stamps.com. Code program.
1: The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.
2: Morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Really appreciate you joining me this morning. Lots and lots and lots to talk about. Obviously, very much focused on the uh, rollout of the vaccine. What is happening uh, with more and more demands every day uh, for more uh, more uh, lockdown, uh, cranking, cracking down, and more lockdown rules. Uh, as we are seeing infections, uh, we we'll be told infections have been growing. But of course, actually, the Zoe app at King's College is suggesting certainly in in some parts of the country, including London, which had been the sort of epicenter. We were told of the recent. Uh, uh, um, growth in numbers, that that has actually really now since December, uh, late December, it started to go down. Uh, deaths were up a reported, uh, sorry, 1,243 yesterday. That's reported deaths yesterday not deaths that happened yesterday there'll be over a number of days uh, but deaths reported uh, with a covid positive test Um, now we're going to be talking about all of that plus of course marcus rashford and donald trump and joining me for all the chat this morning is bobby friedman he's a barrister and political commentator good morning to you bobby Morning, Julian. Lovely to talk to you. Um, let, let's talk first of all about a uh, various sort of uh, vaccine stories. Telegraph today reporting that GPs leading the way in vaccine rollout are forced to slow down. Uh, deliveries of doses to some areas, giving hundreds of jabs a day, are diverted to allow other regions to catch up. Um, this is uh, the limiting factor, we're told by ministers behind the delays, uh, is the vaccine supply. Uh, but again, the vaccine companies keep saying, oh, that's not an issue. But in some areas, GPs have already got through their over-90s and over 80s. They're moving on to their over 70s. Um, and I certainly I certainly have uh, elderly relatives of mine who, who've been offered a jab uh, later this week or next week. Um, and, uh, and one senior family doctor suggested the government was robbing Peter to pay Paul by diverting vaccines to the big test centres, for which there was a big sort of media hoo-ha uh, this week, rather than letting them get on with it. What do you make of that?
1: Well, I think in this country, we're actually very lucky because it through having the, uh, the the NHS network with and with various NHS GPs, we actually already have a vaccination network. So it makes sense to me that we actually don't have enough vaccine for for every one of these vaccination centres because we're just talking about GP surgeries. So I don't think there's any right answer here, but it seems fairer to me that if if one area happens to have had more of the vaccine, so it's got through that particular category, it is probably fairer. To ensure that every everyone um, in that category gets vaccinated first, um, that it, it even that even that...
2: if there might be, say, inefficiencies in the, in a local region, I mean, that's, I mean, that that's an argument for ramping that up. But but this is the issue, isn't it? Is it a shortage of the vaccine? Because we're, we're told by AstraZeneca and Pfizer, no, you've got plenty of the vaccine. Of course, the MHRA, which regulates all these things, the, the regulator that gave that approval, they have to approve not just yeah, in theory, this vaccine's fine, tick. They have to actually check and approve every single batch of this vaccine and there will be batches that get rejected because they're not safe and and, and you know they, we need to know it's safe every time for, for our loved ones to have it
1: yes and and i think it, it does seem like the vaccine, the the number that we actually have out available to go to 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 be stuck in people's arms is is the limiting factor at the moment and so i think this is if you look at the numbers I think we're doing okay at vaccination rates. We're not doing brilliantly. If you look at the numbers yesterday, um, it was still low six figures. So that needs to to get better. But it doesn't seem to me that the problem that the problem is that there aren't enough places to vaccinate people. It's actually getting that vaccine out.
2: And again, we know it involves you know, an awful lot of people. It's, it is not as simple as us lay men and women would like to think like someone just turns up, jab, move on. You have to, especially when you're talking often people who are getting vaccinated right now are actually very frail, very elderly, very vulnerable people. They need to be watched for 15 minutes to check they're not having a reaction, etc. But you're right, the figures given by Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, who was, who was allowed out to do another Downing Street briefing. Uh, they've not been great successes. Uh, she said that just over 2.4 million people had been vaccinated in total. Again, let's not, let's not ignore Ignore the fact that that's a hell of a lot more people have been vaccinated uh, in any other country in Europe where they decided they'd all do it as one, as a club of 27. Well done, them. Uh, I have to say, if you're a voter in one of those countries, you might be questioning that. Uh, but it was only up 145,000 on Monday, the figures yesterday. And we're told, you know, we're doing 2 million a week. Well, I mean you know do the maths you know we're, we're not getting anywhere near to that um, but it may get. Maybe been a bad day may have been a supply issue I mean let's give credit where it's due to people who are working around the clock to make that happen um, but we're told also that the pressure on hospitals is is growing apace now there's lots of different competing bits of data anyone who's looking into this in any great detail will find, see this I mean this huge onslaught of information there's the NHS data the Public Health England data uh, there is ONS data uh, there is uh, you know as Stuff that's uh, that's lags lagging. You know, There's information that comes in on the day, so you can have reports of people uh, who die, for instance. The reports are, uh, uh, or, or indeed, are infections the day they took the test, uh, the day that they, that was reported publicly. That you know, it's the day it was registered. There is so much competing information; it's really difficult, I think, for most people who aren't statistical data analysts to make sense of a lot of it. But uh, we now see deaths have reached 83,203. That's up 1,243 reported deaths yesterday. It is important to stress, and 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 the, the, the paperwork does actually say this when this is released that these are deaths reported with a positive COVID test. Um, but uh, thirty five thousand people currently in hospital with a positive COVID test, three thousand three hundred in ICU across the entire country. Now, let's say, um, the, the the people I have been speaking to behind the scenes pointing out that people who have a positive COVID test who are in ICU are being treated for COVID. I mean, there may be a few people who've tested positive for COVID, but they are very, very, very sick people. And they will largely be, will be COVID uh, pe- uh, COVID uh, patients. Uh, this NHS chief executive, I said that there, that there will be a number of people who are in pos- hospital, who, ha- who, who have a positive COVID test, who are not being treated either for COVID at all or as Uh, It is just one of the things they're being treated for. And and we know 25 percent of people who get COVID in hospital caught the infection more than seven days after they arrived. They were already very sick with something else and the the infection they have caught while they've been in hospital. So we need to bear all that in mind. But reports today are saying that the the pressure of new cases uh, could still be 250,000 a day um, and the pressure on the NHS won't start easing until March. Now, that has a lot of implications for uh, everyone's lives in this country, doesn't it, Bobby?
1: Yes, it does. I mean, I think the important thing to, to remember is that you have a lag because uh, when you've turned the tide, it's not going to turn the tide in the NHS for, for at least a month after that because it takes a couple of weeks for people's infections to, to, to come through and then, if, unfortunately, when it comes to deaths they tend to be a couple of weeks or even more after, after that. So the people who, who are going to be dying from Covid in a month or so will be the ones who are catching it around today uh, or maybe a little bit before even. So I think when it comes to opening up there's a very difficult task for the government which is that actually the deaths may not be coming down yet but, if, but as long as the tide has been turned on infections, then that may, may help to do it. But, uh, but, but ultimately, uh, it just feels to me like we are hopefully getting towards the end game. And I think when you have, I know you disagree with me on this, Julia, but we're, we're, for me, when you have a vaccine, when you have an end in sight, and it is just a case of hang on, put up with this for another month, maybe another two months. To me, it just seems like we do actually all have to pull together and do yep. it for another couple of months.
2: I mean, this is again, and this is where we differ. And, and again, lots of people were told, you know, it'd be only for a few more weeks. That's what people expected. And certainly, you know, it was going to be until we could have the mid, mid-February, mid we get the rollout for, for all the elderly, vulnerable people, uh, over 70, um, and, uh, and, and and then, you know, things would move on. And then the legislation was put in after, of course, the law had come in, um, uh, in the early hours, uh, last week and Tuesday, um, after Boris Johnson's announcement. And, and then it was till the end of March. Even when asked, so at the end of March, we'll start releasing. Not even ending all restrictions, but start releasing the lockdown. The government still won't even commit to that. No, okay, there's an element where we we don't know uh, how you know how the vaccine rollout will go. We don't. There's a lot. There are lots of ifs and buts along the way. But the government won't even say if we have rolled out X number of vaccines, if the number of people who've been vaccinated over a certain age are are, are safer, if we have a certain level of people in hospital, if if level of infections. They won't even say when we reach those targets, those milestones, that we will start. releasing relaxing this or that, or even consider relaxing this or that restriction. And that is my concern, is that the goalposts are going to continue to move. It it was people are people are dying. Now, this vaccine, which I 100% welcome, I think we all had tears in our eyes when we found out we were going to actually start seeing that. When Maggie, uh, uh, been, uh, it's not awful, Maggie Ridden, when she finally got that uh, uh, that, that, that vaccine, the first one given in the world uh, to someone who wasn't part of a, a random trial, uh, that was a wonderful, amazing moment in this country. But it's now moved from people getting the vaccine to people not being in hospital at all. And, and now it's also moving to long COVID. I wonder that the the goalpost is going to keep moving and a lot of people who are really supportive of this lockdown. Now, I'm of the view that you can trust people, that people don't need to be given um, laws and told, you can't do this, you can't do that. I think that we should let people as adults in a free uh, democratic society make their own decisions, but people will be safe. I don't know anybody who is not shielding their elderly relatives right now. I don't know anybody. I think you'd be insane not to be doing th- th- that at the moment. Um, but... But I, I just don't think it needs to be in law. And I think it's wrong for it to be in law. And I think it's infringement, an, an unnecessary infringement, and it will change our, our, our society forever. But, but I, I just wondered that a lot of people agree with that, because it's just I, the amount of people have said to me, but it's just a few weeks. When it's still going in June, do you think people might change their minds?
1: Well, I think I think people ju- justifiably would change their minds uh, if it was still going. At
2: what point should they change their minds?
1: Well, I do think it's important though to remember that. We don't control the virus. This isn't this isn't the series of targets at work where your boss is saying, well, you know, if you sell a, th- a thousand units of this mm. product uh, this month, you get a bonus. It doesn't it doesn't work like that. So we, it's, it's nobody's fault that the virus mutated and that it that is now more tri- transmissible. So you that's why it's it's not fair to to require concrete promises based based on arbitrary targets. You can't do that. But yes. It, it takes three weeks or so after you've been vaccinated to, to get immunity. So assuming we, if we do get through by, by around February half term, the, the vulnerable groups, you then give it three weeks after that, which puts you to mid-March, then it, you would hope that it should be then. Um, given that we're trying to vaccinate at great speed, it may end up being a few more weeks after that. Uh, you know, there's an argument as to whether you allow over 65s to be vaccinated as well. I think there's a pretty good argument that that you should allow them to, to, to be safe too. But yeah, if we're in June, then there would have to be an explanation as to why it hasn't worked. Why has the vaccine not saved us? Uh, and, and then when it comes, as soon as you've vaccinated people who are in high-risk groups, then. Yes, of course it doesn't make sense to to have this kind of lockdown because the benefit isn't high enough. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio.
2: If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10